Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is with us in studio today and uh, always great to have you with us in person, Wendy. Welcome back. Thanks, Pippa. Always good to be here. So as I mentioned, starting with a look at those uh, pricing discrepancy policies in supermarkets, then taking a look at a funeral policy claim that turned out to be a little bit more of a story than we thought it was, and some space for open line calls towards the end of the show as well. If you're wanting to comment on the topic currently under discussion, pick up your phone now and give us a call on 021-446-0567. And you're also welcome to send general questions through by voice note or WhatsApp to 0725671567. Wendy, after years of listening to the segment, hopefully by now our listeners know their rights when it comes to pricing discrepancies between the shelf and the till. And um, I think it's acute, really even more important right now with so many people feeling so cash strapped and so price conscious in the current circumstances. It's a good time to, to remind ourselves. Absolutely. And this was quite a, a case different from any others I'd received querying this uh, compensation policy, shall we call it. So, um, and I think very few people are in a financial position now not to care what things cost. Yeah. To see, and I do see it now again because I'm, I'm a great people watcher in supermarkets, but, you know, very few people can see a pack of lovely peeled exotic fruit in a supermarket and pop it into their trolley without first checking the price. Um most of us are price, price conscious, probably more so in the week leading up to payday. So if we see something marked at a special price, however the supermarket in question does it, whether it's red or save more or special or whatever they choose to do it, they get our attention. It has the intended effect. Um, and, you know, if it's something we're in the market for, we're more likely to put it in our basket or trolley and head to the till with it. But often the price that gets captured at the till point is not so special. Um or the price wasn't screaming. Um, it's not what was advertised on that specials board. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a normal price. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the normal price and it scans it, say, three rand higher at the till for whatever reason. Um, no one's suggesting it's a deliberate thing. But in many cases, people don't notice that we don't have the sticky price tags on our, on the goods anymore so that you can stand and think, hold yeah. on, let me check. I'm sure that wasn't right. Now you've got to remember what was on, on the, the sign, shelf. on the shelf, mm. yeah, or in the bargain bin. Um, so, a number of supermarkets. Well, let's start with, with um, first of all, you're right. Your right is, um, and I've queried this many times with the Consumer Goods and Services uh, Ombuds Office, their view is that by the time a supermarket customer reaches uh, the till point or places their chosen goods on the checkout counter, the advertised price is binding unless reasonable steps have already been taken to inform the consumer of the error, which... Uh, practically doesn't happen. Um, the manager taps you on your shoulder and says, oh, I see you've got that item in your trolley and please be aware it's wrong. Then that would negate your... That, then that, okay, so you, you've it. then been informed prior to the purchase. So legally, yeah. if that happens and you realise that um, that the price is higher, um, it's scanned higher than it was advertised, then um, you have the right to get it at the lower price. Okay. Now, a lot of different stores have got different policies about yes. what happens when they get it wrong, Wendy. Yes. So, so most will, will compensate you in some way. But uh, as you said, a lot of people won't notice. And I think a lot of them are bargaining on the fact that you won't you, notice. Well, I think that is fair to say. Yeah. So we're not saying they're doing it on purpose. But many people get overcharged without realizing it. it. Yeah. I think it's very fair to say that. So... Many years ago, Pick and Pay did a very nice thing. They were the first. They introduced their compensation policy, and that was that if an item scanned higher at a higher price at the till than it was marked um, at the display point, they'd be given the 
the shopper would be given the item free and any other identical ones at the lower price. It was very simple. A few years after that, I was getting a lot of complaints from Woolworths customers about the three for the price of one type special scanning at the normal price at the till. Mm. Uh, so I put it to Woolie. I happened to meet a Woolies higher up about another issue altogether, and I suggested I brought this up and I suggested to them that they, that Woolies should introduce a similar compensation policy. They like to be seen to be very customer friendly. Yeah. And um, and I never forget the the exec saying, but those mistakes are so rare, to which I responded, well, then it won't cost the company too much, will it? And to its credit, Woolworths actually did introduce it. Um, So their policy remains, you get a tree if the price is wrong, to to simplify it, and and other identical items um, for the lower price. Do you remember that woman with her boxes of chocolates for her wedding? I'm sure we did it on this show. They were marked wrong and she got, they they honored it. Oh, my goodness. The whole lot. The whole batch. Yes. Okay. Um, So... Ironically, then, some years after that, Pick and Pay diluted its compensation policy to what they call double the difference. So now, if a price scans higher at the till than the one on display uh, with the product, the customer gets double the difference between the right price and the wrong one. So it's slightly less. Okay, in so most if your cases. chocolate was twenty rand at the till at, at the sh- on the shelf, but it scanned at thirty, you get you'll twenty get rand. Ten rand times two twenty rand in off. compensation. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah. that's that's their policy. The key word in the pick and pay's in pick and pay's policy are the are if the barcode corresponds. In other words, the barcode in question must um, of the item that you're sitting at the till with that you've taken to the till must match the barcode at the um, at the shop. point of sale yeah. uh, shop point, right? And that's fair enough because sometimes, as we know, bad merchandising, the price sitting below the item you want is actually for another item, and and the barcode will 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 is the decider. Absolutely, it, and in fairness, it's not always poor merchandising or poor shelf it could packing. Be the it could be themselves. customers. I've done that myself. Absolutely, take up two bags of peanut uh, jars of peanut butter. Which one am I going to take? Put one back and maybe put it back in the wrong place. You put the smaller yeah. one back or another so brand I think or something. That's fair enough that that sure. shouldn't be held against. Absolutely, them. it has to. Yeah. The point is though, and that's the crux of today's issue. It has to be the same product. You got. You have to compare apples with at- apples. So um, anyway, okay. um, so, yeah. Sorry, so we're going to hear. Um, uh, sorry, it's the next next story that's got a caller on it. My apologies. I'm just uh, yelling at my producer quite in I the did, background to get a phone call up that isn't quite I ready. I did yet. ask him, but he has okay. to work. He couldn't join us. Thanks. You did correct okay. me on that. Okay, so Tony's not joining us on the show, but Tony's has relayed his experience to us by email. Wendy, t- tell us what happened. Okay, so he went to Duplicate Paste in Somerset Mall last month. Um, he saw a huge display advertising discounted prices on their wood winter goodies very near the entrance and it included a single bed electric blanket for 199 rand so he thought great he took one he got to the till and as he told me it rang up as 299 not the advertised price a supervisor then came and adjusted the price to 199 to match the display sign when i asked about the double the difference policy she said it doesn't apply as there was no barcode printed on the promo price so you'll if you ever going to pick and pay you'll see the save now mm. and it's in a, a separate not on the shelf it's in a separate it's a little table it's, on it's the it's side a table of the or a bin yeah. or something yeah. and there's no barcode so they said that didn't um, the policy doesn't didn't apply. apply. And I thought, okay, because the wording of the policy includes barcode, right? So I'm thinking, as did Tony, that's really not the spirit of the of the um, of the policy. Yeah, I mean, it's intended to compensate customer if what scans at the till is not the price that their item was advertised. The identical at. item. So yeah. they conceded it was the identical item. The manager was called over, and manager said, "Do what you like. That's the policy." 
So <laughs> yeah, so you felt very strongly that it was it was really as you said it, it contrary to the spirit of having a compensation policy if you're going to wiggle out of it on. Yeah, on he that. didn't take a double yeah. thing and say I wanted for the price of the single one. It was the identical item and. Something I didn't think about it before is how do how does the price get captured if there wasn't a barcode? barcode yeah. Is it, it was it the teller manually putting it in off the non-barcoded price, in which case mm. the policy applies even Equally. more. And, yeah. Okay, so you took it up with pick and pay. What did they I say? I did. Um, they just didn't see it that way at all. I'd said that uh, Tony felt that the um, the policy was being circumvented on a technicality, and I agreed. Um, and the answer was, we honoured the lower price that was marked on promotion, as any customer would expect us to do. And actually, which I didn't say is the legal requirement. Yeah. Our policy on double the difference is unambiguous. It is very clear and easy to understand. The electric blanket was advertised for sale on a special promotional table. Its special price was clearly marked. There was no barcode on the promotional table. So the double the difference policy does not apply. We are vi- we are disappointed that the customer believes this is a technicality because it's very clear on our policy. We are confident we honoured the customer, our customer, by correcting the price of the till when it was pointed out to us. So we- yes, the price was very clear, and it's a lure, lure right? Mm-hmm. Save now, big red sign. Um, it does attract you, as we we're saying at the beginning, yep. and so you now you go and it's twice. Well, not tw- twice the price, another third. And then they say, oh, no, no, but there's no barcode. So, yeah, we acknowledge it was a mistake, but um, there's no compensation there's no because we got it wrong. Yeah. And I know you were quite surprised by the, I, I by the feedback, I was really. because I, I like to think I'm, I'm fair and customers are not always right. In fact, they're often not. You know, they've, they're overly entitled or they misunderstand something and they think it's the right, they're right when it isn't. You know, I mean, I'm very fair. But this time I just thought... I agreed with Tony. I felt that it was it was, as we said, not in keeping with the spirit. He his experience was exactly that which was the, the reason the, the compensation policy was was developed and, mm. and and survived to this day. Anyway, um, okay. So he, look, he's got his blanket and he got it at the discounted advertised price in the end. So, so no legal uh, transgression he hasn't lost at all. In no, no, yeah. no. I just felt yeah. it was quite an extraordinary sort of. Park had, you know, the, the, so I went into my local pick and pay mm-hmm. um, last week, and there's a very large area um, in in that pick and pay with some quite high ticket items, all on the save now, all with no barcodes. Things from you know, flat screen TVs, oh, okay. speaker systems, comforters, keyboards, toasters, fans, you know, appliances, digital stuff, yep. ranging in price from three hundred rand to eight thousand rand. Um, so. That's quite a lot of stock to be sitting there with no barcode that's basically not covered by the policy. And why is there no yeah. barcode? And then how are those things being run up? I didn't think yeah. to ask the compare that when I took up the query, but it's, it's is it just manually done from the the tag on the on the on the or item? Or is there a tag? Oh, this is probably it. There's a barcode on the there's a barcode on the product, but not at the advert, not on where it's advertised, not on the shelf, on the shelf or okay. the bin or the table. That's what it is. So they can easily. So they can then just, can you know, technically yeah. uh, someone, the goods can be marked down way lower than they actually are. If you pointed out, the compensation doesn't apply because we didn't put a barcode at the display. Hmm. 
I wonder how listeners feel about this one. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to hear quite a few people sending um, in WhatsApps and voice notes, Wendy, about how different supermarkets have handled um, the, these kind of compensation claims. Let me read a couple of them. Kim saying, I have, a, have at several occasions when checkers have shown specials, but when you get to the till, the discount doesn't reflect. They take a long time to call the manager and adjust it at the till, which is very frustrating and time-consuming. Uh, Alan in Belleville saying, I had an issue of... Um, uh, a, a discrepancy between the shelf pricing and till pricing. When I went back, the manager gladly paid me double the difference in price without any hesitation. I where that this was. was Pick and Pay Durbanville, and Alan says, "Well done to them." Off good the, off the shelf, very okay, good. So that's, that's it's, it's, it's working. That there that's, was a barcode, two yeah. barcodes, no problem. But okay, so slightly different scenario to what Tony had, but uh, but Alan, thank you for the positive feedback and well done uh, to the Durbanville branch. Uh, Anonymous saying I go to Woolies Heart Bay a lot, and almost every time the sale marked prices when getting to the checkout are the original prices. Mm-hmm. They hook people on the sale price, but then sell it at the old price. But I've caught on to this, and the policy for Woolies says you get the wrongly marked item for free. Needless to say, I get a free nine times out of ten, oh. uh, says that shopper. Um, another WhatsApp commenting, it sounds like the retailers have realized that their staff are terrible at doing their jobs and have changed their policies No, it's not the staff. I initially said I maybe. I was thinking yeah. there was no barcode on either, but obviously the product has to have a, a barcode. So it's the system. Okay. It's the system. It's certainly not the person sitting at the till. But as as the one listener said, um, you know, at, at some stores that don't have a compensation policy, mm. they're not very geared for the wrong price issue. So there's a long wait. You're feeling, you're drawing attention to yourself. There's a long queue behind you. Mm. People are starting, you know, we've all been in that situation and, you know, it doesn't... <laughs> It's, it's awkward. So I think a lot of people, especially if, it. if it's not yeah. a big difference, they will just leave it and they shouldn't. We've got a voice note that's come in about a different retailer. Let's take a listen to that. Uh, in the week I was at game and um, when I got to the till, I had three things that were on special and not one of them scanned as special. And the lady made me look through her pamphlet to show her that those items were on special. That's just lazy. And she went to the store. It took such a long time. It was such a headache. And I asked her, why don't they mark the stuff on special? And she said, oh, no, they always do that. They think the customers are just going to walk out and not notice. Well, I don't think the management would be very (laughs) thrilled to hear that. And I, I, I would as it a guess that that's not the official policy, but I'm definitely in the coming week going to be sending emails to those two companies, MassMart okay. and, and ShopRite Group, to say, what is your, what are your thoughts on this issue? What are your policies? Well, you know, it's one thing not to offer a, a voluntary compensation policy, but for customers to get their legal right to get the the, the, the goods at the price they were advertised at to make it difficult um, is not okay. It's definitely not okay. A tweet from Melissa saying, I have never accurately gotten double the difference at pick and pay. The managers can't add properly, is her comment. That's quite an indictment. I don't know which branch you're shopping at, Melissa, but thank you for your tweet. Uh, you can keep those coming, by the way, at PJC Hudson or at Cape Talk. And you're also very welcome to join the conversation on the WhatsApp line 0725671567. I would really be interested to hear listeners' views on, on, on the compensation around, particularly that specials table, that the barcode issue is used as the excuse not to to because there's pay. no barcode to match to so ne- ne- we'll we'll concede it's identical but hey there's no barcode the bar you can't compare barcodes so no no compensation mm. for you
Okay, let us know your thoughts on that one. Um, After the 2.30 news headlines, we are going to switch our focus to a funeral policy issue, but that doesn't mean we are not happy to keep on taking your comments uh, in between on, on the compensation issue. We've got one minute before we go to news, Wendy. Let me just squeeze in a really, really quick one uh, from somebody who mailed me last week saying, we've got a book, we booked a cruise with MSC from Cape Town to Volfus Bay in December. The cruise was cancelled and now they want to give us vouchers instead of crediting us. Is this allowed or can we insist on the refund? You've covered it a million times before, but Wendy, won't you just remind us what the, the situation is? Legally, yes, they can insist on a refund. They paid for something in good faith and it didn't happen through no fault of, of theirs. Um, equally, no fault of the cruise liner either, one would imagine, given the timing. But um, the point is, while everybody, ourselves included, have been saying, if you can, um, take a voucher in order to reduce the pain on these companies who are trying to survive against incredible odds, then do it. But if you were go, if there's, it's just not practical or feasible, you either, you know, you, you need the money, you're not going to travel on a cruise line again. It was for a special anniversary. We've had one of those cases, yeah. which has come and gone. So, you know, you're not going to, the voucher would be practically useless, useless to yeah. you. Then um, stand your ground and, uh, and demand a refund. Um, I I have sent many cases that um, cruise liners way. If you'd like to email me directly with all the details and booking references, um, I'd be happy to do that for you. Okay, so Rans, if you would like that uh, Wendy to inter- intercede here, you're welcome to just uh, pop her an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Maybe we can squeeze in one quick voice note before we go to the Eyewitness News headlines and uh, a WhatsApp as well. Uh, anonymous WhatsApp saying, I had on numerous occasions been robbed by clicks on the three for two specials getting home and realizing that i never received the one free item so you can add clicks to the list as well I wendy will. i have a problem with the word robbed there as an old court reporter robbing involves um taking by force with a weapon <laughs> okay fair enough thank you for the grammar lesson as well we're getting uh, more whatsapps and voice notes coming in uh, from listeners left right and center on this issue of discrepancies between the pricing on the shelf and the pricing that rings up at the till a WhatsApp from someone saying, it's funny that Woolworths says it hardly happens because every time I shop at Woolworths, there is a price difference. Two items on my slip yesterday alone at Woolworths Canal Walk. And sometimes you don't have time to point it out and go through the whole process. You'd rather just get the price right. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, to the point that you made earlier, Wendy, it's you're aware that you're holding up the customers behind you. You're probably watching the clock on your parking ticket and going, is it yes. worth waiting for the two rand discount yes. on the tomatoes can when it's going to cost me five rand? with the parking, all of those uh, conflicts. I totally get what you're saying there. Um, I work with pick and pay and checkers, says Anonymous. There are many promotional save now uh, point of sale items placed on items that are not on sale, that are just at the everyday price. It is a pure sales driver. And then two voice notes. That's a whole other issue. I nearly went there, but I thought it's a different kind of Let's just listen to two more voice notes before we move on to the funeral policy issue. We had an issue with Builders Warehouse where we bought uh, tiles um, and the tiles were advertised at a certain price and a certain size. So we did a calculation on how much uh, area we need for our requirements and then we received the tiles, in terms of the tiles that we received were smaller. And then it was a tremendous battle to get them to acknowledge the issue and all we wanted was the same certain quantity of tiles. 
and you know, the match is kind of hanging in the air still with them because they, they they just jump around all over the place and we've had no resolution on this. So that's bad service we've had from builders. With regard to the prices at the till that you're discussing at the moment, um, I've been to Clicks and purchased um, the Sorbet products three for two. And um, when I got home, I noticed that I paid for all three products and not for two. Um, during the week, I went there again and did the same thing. And when I got home, realized that I've paid for all three. And um, the funny thing is, when I took it back, instead of giving me 50 Rand back, they gave me 49 Rand 98 cents. Oh, come on. I saw accounting here. And they said, well, give me the two cents. I said, it's not about the two cents. It's about I've paid 50 Rand. 55 rand and 55 rand so basically i should get 50 rand back and when you return it you return it as 49 rand 98 um anyway they couldn't answer that so i was just a bit annoyed especially when, <sighs> when they wanted it's, to give me it is so cost of her petrol and time and it's, going back um, yeah. it doesn't work like that really? um so i really think click should be looking into that and sorting it out it's the second time it's happened now and you're the second caller to flag it with us today. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for that. To yeah. the Builders Warehouse customer mm. who's still trying to sort that out, um, it's an easy fix uh, for me. It should be for him, but it, uh, it hasn't reality. Been yes, so please um, be welcome to email me and um, it'll be sorted out very quickly. In two ticks. Okay, yes. that's good news. Whoever that was, thank you. If you'd like to send an email once again, you either mail me on pippah at capetalk.co.za or go straight to Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R She knows a lot about consumer <laughs> affairs and just put Cape Talk tiles in the subject line so that she can look out for it. Okay, back after this talking about funeral policy issues uh, and uh, a dispute that turned out to be a little bit more of a story than we thought it was with some very hard-won earnings for the rest of us to learn uh, learnings rather for the rest of us to take away from the story that's right after this. Cape Talk Consumer Talk Call now on 021-446-0567. Okay, we are back with Wendy Nola. And just one or two last comments on the consumer compensation issue. Vic emailing to say, Wendy, if we accidentally leave a store without paying, it's called stealing. If they overcharge us, it's an honest error and the only recourse is a refund. That excludes the phone call, the visit to the store, the time consumed. There's never any compensation for that. That's a very good point. It's a point. very, very fair point, uh, Vic. Thanks for your email. Okay, let's move away from this for a while to the next pol- um, this story about the funeral policy because there's some really important lessons in this story for everyone to learn. Um We're talking about a funeral policy dispute, and given how many people, sadly, right now are battling to cover the cost of funerals, I think it's a highly relevant story. Our listener, Graham Jenica, approached us a week or two ago on behalf of his part-time domestic worker, Yuliswa, who lives in Kailicha. Wendy, um, I sent the correspondence on to you, and you picked it up with Graham. What did he tell you? Okay, so Yuliswa had been paying premiums, uh, as will become clear soon, premiums and inverted commas to Amalebe Funeral Services of Kailicha. Since 2019, she told me 2017 when we chatted, but the payment book, um, perhaps it wasn't on the first page, but it seems to start in 2019. Anyway, for some time. Um, but when her father died uh, just a few weeks ago on July the 27th, she was denied the 11,000 rand payout because they said she'd paid her July premium three days late. She'd paid it in full, but on the 13th of July, when her last day to pay it was July the 10th. 
So a difference of three days. Yes. Okay. We've got Graham with us on the line to take up the story. And Graham, thank you very much both for stepping in to help you, Lisa, and secondly for raising this issue with us um, uh, to, to take it further. Uh, firstly, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, um, Wendy and Papa. It's a pleasure. And um, also just for, for taking the story up, uh, I mean, I sent through the query um, and I'm um, going to got a response within a couple of hours. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. Really appreciate it from Yulisa and myself. It's, it's, a, it's a great pleasure, Graham. I'm just sorry that Yulisa went through this at a time where she obviously is, is dealing with grief for the loss of her father. Now, she came to you and said, this is the story I've been paying all this time. I was three days late with the July payment. And now that I need to claim on the policy, they're saying that they won't pay out. And this is all with the clock ticking and a funeral that needs to, to be arranged. Yes, exactly. So she came to me, I think it was on the Tuesday, on the Thursday, and the funeral was the following week. And she had mentioned to me that she, I mean, just in passing, because cause I, you know, I chatted to her and obviously gave my condolences, and she had advised that, you know, the funeral policy is not paying out. And I mean, it was really just a quick conversation that we were having. And then, you know, when I listened a bit closer, you know, I realized that she said it was just, something that didn't sit well with me. Mm. And, you know, I, I, to Wendy's point, she had missed a payment for three days. And, I mean, I, we've all got policies, some insurance, life insurance, et cetera, um, medical aid. And, and, you know, three days is something that surely, especially if it's before the passing on a life insurance policy, that, that, that needs to still be covered. And when she had advised that, I eventually had called, I mean, I immediately called the funeral service and, you know, the lady on the line was quite um, quite short, and I just said, you know, uh, any late payment is is deemed as as um, a default on the policy. And I mean, Wendy, I think you had mentioned as well that they had advised that payments um, need to be made on the first, and any payment after the tenth um, would would result in default. I mean, that being said, I mean, when you look at this um, payment booklet, there's a couple of payments that are made on various days mm. um, throughout the um throughout the last 27 months so you know i mean i i guess i take their point to a certain extent at some point the policy should default but you know in the past 27 months there's been payments made on the 10th on the 15th on the 27th um so for that month is it just defaulted for that month and the next month they, they she's covered again you know mm. so there was a lot of just discrepancies there and i mean we reached out to the fisca as well they they reverted back and the ombudsman not yet, but it's only been 10, 11 days. The funeral has, has um, or, or was serviced on on last week, Saturday, and Elisa's back in Cape Town. But, you know, this is also off the back of a father who had passed away, his mother, so her grandmother passing away just about a month ago. Oh, and, you know, so that's, you know, 11,000 that hasn't been paid out now. She's probably paid 11,000 to this um, funeral, funeral service company and, you know, she's out of pocket. Um, she's managed to at least get some of the funds to, to, you know, have a proper send-off for her father. But, you know, it's just scary in terms of how many people are going through this. And, you know, from her perspective, why I was so eager to take it up is, you know, it's it's not necessarily sometimes the competency in terms of taking this up, but it's, you know, the resources that's available, the time that's available. You know, she doesn't have a an email account which I've had to open on her behalf. So how many thousands yep. of people are experiencing Very this? Very good point. You know, so it's just it's access, to with, access to time and the know-how. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and the money. I mean, if you've got a, a prepaid, um, if your only means of communication is a prepaid cell phone, that, that's going to cost you. up very fast. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's up very fast, exactly. Now, Graham, please stay with us. But Wendy, one thing I want to mention, when I first discussed Graham's email with you, you immediately put up a red flag and you said that that doesn't sound right because three days later is nowhere near past the legal grace no. period that is allowed. And I know you went and double-checked on that. I what did. did you find? So Rule 15.1 of the policy, Policyholder Protection Rule um, which forms part of insurance law, um, states that policies must provide for a period of grace of at least 15 days within, wh- in, within which to make payment of a premium after the due date. 15 days. And some actually give 30 days. So, But it's a minimum, um, legally it's a minimum of 15 days, and I thought there's something wrong. Yeah, you know, if this is a case I could definitely get a result on. Yeah. So um, I first went and looked for um, a registration number for um, Amalebe on uh, the Financial Services Conduct Authority's website, the FSCA. That's the regulator for all financial services companies. Um, so I then went to the FSCA um, and queried this, and their conduct of business supervision division got back to me to say that Amalebe Funeral Services is a burial society. It's not underwritten by any insurer. So the policyholder protection rules don't apply. And Graham, oh. unfortunately, I haven't fed this back to you yet. Um, that would mean it wouldn't fall under the jurisdiction of the Ombudsman for Long-Term Insurance either because there's right. no long, there's no okay. insurer involved, unfortunately. So here you see the problem where there is no regulator, there's no recourse. Those burial societies uh, can do what they want to essentially. And there's that's, no regulator overseeing them. But so here's the interesting thing. I asked the FSCA if, uh, if they had received complaints, other complaints about this company, and they said yes, they had several similar complaints against Amalebe, but uh, they had been investigated and referred to the police because the business is not a licensed financial um, wow. institution, so it doesn't fall under their jurisdiction. I did try to contact Amalebi myself. Um, I found them, they have a Facebook page, and I think their slogan is something like, yeah, when you always here when you need us. Oh. I have to say, in fairness, um, I spoke to Yuliswa. She's still actually in the Eastern Cape, but the connection was so bad, I thought it was not going to work on air, on where air, I yeah. phoned her back. It was really a tenuous connection. But um, she said that she has several funeral policies, and that's the case. It's the most widely sold um, insurance product in South Africa, and it's not uncommon for people to have more than one. So the grandmother dying recently, that was another covered by another policy. Okay. Um, and she had her cousin on this Malibia policy, and when the cousin died, and I think it was 2019, she was paid out the 11,000 rand. Okay. Um, so that, just in fairness, um, she has had one claim on the policy. Anyway, so I, I phoned the two cell numbers on the Facebook page of this company. The one was just not operating at all. The second one was answered by a woman who called herself Ms. Tonisi. Uh, she said she works with the Burial Society. She said she was, she was at home at the time. But So I mentioned the case, and she said the constitution, meaning their constitution, states that payment is due on the 1st, and if a member pays after the 10th of a particular month and their loved one dies in that month, essentially, sorry for them, they will not pay. Okay. Okay. Um, I gave her all the details. She asked for them and said she'd phone me back, and, and that didn't happen. Um, when I raised the, actually it was due on the 1st, you had until the 10th, she said no, she thought the due date was the 10th and she's um, was trying to pay on that date. She, another funeral policy, she had two funeral policies covering her father, so one paid out 7,000 rand, which wasn't enough, and then she had to take a loan oh, no. to cover the rest. Um, 
Okay, so this isn't a case which the ombud for long-term insurance that's can take up. That's the point, up. and um, that's the, the red flag. Is that I think many, I mean, it, barely a week goes by that the FSCA doesn't put out a warning. That we do it on a Friday, warning about um, a, a company offering funeral services, and and they should be registered with uh, because it is a financial service. If you're taking premiums, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they should be registered with the FSCA. They're not. There's no insurer involved. Um, and then, you know, they say the warning to people, which I repeat here, is that um, if you have a funeral policy or you're going to take one out, please go with one that is actually registered with the FSCA and there, there is a long-term insurer in the picture. Um, so another thing that's worth noting is, and, and Graham mentioned it, he said the payment book reveals that um, she paid later than the 10th on several occasions. And she actually missed a few payments, but always made them up the next month, right? Okay. Um, so if if this if you're dealing with a funeral um, if you have a funeral policy with a company that is a, a registered with the FSCA, um, the the way it works and this was a case that the Ombudsman for Long Term Insurance took up um, a few years ago. This is what they had to say on the matter of late payments. They said it's a well-known and indeed fair principle of law that when a contract provides for cancellation by the creditor of the on the non-payment by the debtor of a periodical amount or installment it's very legalese but you mm. get the mean if they if you miss a premium basically um in this particular case that they were adjudicating on they did they had accepted late payments as in Ulysses case over a period of time without cancelling the contract you then can't cancel the contract on the next late payment unless you first warned the debtor that that would happen if the if the next payment due was also late um, and Graham, sorry to bring Graham back in. That was one of the things you flagged in your exactly. email to me, Graham, that you thought it was very unfair that that the sudden cancellation had happened when previously the company had been happy to take a late payment from her. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I mean, I guess not getting ahead of myself, but you know, where does that leave? Um, I guess the consumers or your lease in the, in, the, in this moment, because you know, clearly, if the ombudsman and the fisca um, are not able to to action anything, it becomes, I would assume, a legal matter. And then, you know, what I mentioned earlier about you no know, access to resources and time becomes even more of, a, of, a, of an issue. So, you know, where to from here really is, is I guess, the question. Yeah, so, so the where to is nowhere, really. I mean, you heard the, the FSCA saying they'd uh, taken it up with the police. I can't see that going anywhere, frankly. Mm. Um, you need to be with a, a financial services company entity that is registered with the FECA um, and it's an actual registered insurer so then you've got the the ombud as as free recourse if something like this happens and you also have the FECA which does and will step in so so the so the ombud's view is um the, re, the the consistent acceptance of late payments over a period will lull the debtor into the false belief that the creditor does not propose to invoke the cancellation yeah. clause in their contract. And I think that's very relevant here in Ulysses' case. Unfortunately, the ombud can't step in for her because um, on two counts, there was, you know, she's obviously paying late often and not being told, listen, you know. If you carry on doing this, the policy is going to yes, be null they and just void. keep quiet yeah. until it's relevant, until there's a claim where there's a late payment. And, and this day, sadly, just three, and then they've got an excuse. And also, it's against the policyholder. Protectors, protectors rules about the grace period. Um, she would have been well within the grace, well, depending on whether you believe the first or the 10th, either way, she, she was, she was still within, within the, grace the period, minimum yeah. grace period of 15 days. So the ultimate message here is you need to be protected. Um, if you take out a funeral policy, make sure it's with a, with a provider, a creditor that um, is registered.
Okay. With F- Graham, I'm really sorry that there wasn't a more positive outcome for Yoliswa, but thank you very much for raising this and, and being prepared to share the story on air so that others can learn from the very unfortunate experience that Yoliswa has had. And uh, thank you for your effort in trying to help her out of a very sticky situation. Uh, FSCA, again, once again, please, 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 if you're contemplating taking out a policy like this, check that the, or the, uh, uh, the person issuing the policy, the company issuing the policy, is registered with the FSCA. Uh, before you sign any and, of those documents. And as in Graham's case, if you have employees or associates or whatever that perhaps don't have the um, uh, access to uh, easy communications or the SUS or whatever, just ask questions. Say, mm. who's, who is it with? Let's check. And so that you can get them the cover they need that will that, that will um, that be there when they need them, to use that yeah. slogan, um, and not find that, you know, they've been unfairly treated and, and yet there's nowhere for them to seek recourse. Yeah. I wish we could have a different ending to that so story. Do I. I really you know, do, I hate yeah, not being I able know, to fix I things. Know. Okay, we've got about five minutes in hand. We can fit in one or two um, open line calls if you dial very quickly on 0214460567. In the meantime, though, quite a lot of commentary on the price discrepancy issues, and we've got a few uh, open line emails that are in as well. Um, and a, a voice. Let's start with the voice note, going back to the price discrepancy issue, and and deal with a couple of those comments before we move on. The worst for not giving discounts or discounts that you should get a two for one is cotton on. No one ever checks oh. the thing and it's always a mistake and it's up to the person at the till to give you the discount. And I've told, uh, I noticed myself and I told other people and every single time it's always a mistake. Cotton on, be very aware. Okay, thank you everybody for highlighting the fact that it really pays to take the few minutes to check your tail slip, as we've said before, Wendy, before you leave the store. Uh, Another anonymous saying, almost every time I go to checkers, it happens to me, I always get charged extra on one or more of the products and then have to stand in another queue to get my money back. Uh, Lee says, I shop at the Platterclough Pick and Pay. I always check my slips and often find items that I've been overcharged on. I usually get the difference back, but never does. Double the difference is Lee's comment. So oh, she's just to, getting the lower price. Yes, um, uh, that's that's quite interesting. And then somebody picking up on the, uh, that that uh, that comment saying, surely it's illegal to mark an item as being on sale or on promotion when the price is actually not a discounted price. Yes, I mean it's it's. Um well, that's an advertising regulatory board issue. Um, I don't know how many people would raise a complaint over a supermarket item, but absolutely. So in, in Tony's case, there was a huge sign um, saying, you know, with, with that blanket, advertising the price at one ninety nine, and he ended up being charged two ninety nine. So it was false advertising, yes. And that's the point of the compensation policy, saying, yeah. look, we got it wrong, sorry. And it's a lovely thought, and Beck and Pay did um, initiate that in this country. Um and uh, interestingly, you know, the others, uh, well, spas are all independently owned. Oh, so, yeah. ShopRite Group has never seen fit to um, implement any sort of voluntary compensation policy. Um, I think that's definitely a question I'm going to put to them, um, especially given the, uh, the some of the feedback we've had today. Yeah. And we can come back to this in another show. It's important to stress that it is a voluntary thing, that legally all they have to do is honour the, honor the, honor the, the, the advertised price. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you're going to have a policy, you know, then I, I you think it should be fairly and consistently applied. applied. And in, mm. in Tony's case, maybe look beyond 
the technicality and see what actually happened there. Yeah. On Twitter, Portable commenting several times, I've realised once I got home that I was charged a price different to the sale price advertised. I've now taken, I now take the time to check my receipt while I am still standing at the store door. Happened to me again last week and it was fixed on site. She doesn't reference which store it was, but point taken. That I think it really, it's fair to say it happens yeah. at all stores. Uh, well, from what we've heard today, yes. it's, it's across the board. It's the differentiators, how it's dealt with. And yeah. I think you'd also find that that difference differs from branch to branch as well. Okay. Uh, Chris in Heart Bay, we can very quickly take a call from you on a, a different kind of a cancellation question, I believe. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Pippa Wendy. Thanks for the call. Sure. So taking it so quickly, I'll speak quickly. I know it's um, at the end of your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, my friends uh, want to get married in South Africa really badly, so they live in Miami, but they're South African, and they booked their wedding for last year, November. Um, and then, obviously, because of COVID, they weren't allowed to come out. So the venue refunded them. They did a nice thing where they did like a 90% refund. But the wedding That's planner, uh, which charged them a hell of a lot of money, uh, wouldn't refund them anything. Um, and I was wondering if they should be getting a refund from the wedding planner. Even though His contract said that um, he doesn't refund because people run away and get cold feet and all that kind of thing. But this is a whole different situation in COVID. Yes, absolutely. So um, the wedding planner was in a position to offer the services. It's just that the the bridal party couldn't, the wedding party couldn't make, couldn't physically get here. So um, there's never a case of a of a blanket no refund policy being legally justified, as the consumer goods and services ombud Mahat and Bachele has said so often, and we've mm. repeated on this show. So um, certainly for the for the wedding planner, I don't know if it was a deposit or the full payment that he or she is uh, feeling justified in retaining, but um, it's definitely not justified. We need to look at an appropriate. Um, uh, refund and that would be based on you know how soon how long before the actual event the the um the cancellation, cancellation happened, happened etc but but short answer is different that wedding plan is just definitely not justified in keeping it all not i mean and i don't you just wonder how they justify to themselves. themselves they didn't provide a single bit of service maybe a bit of planning so i mean Big heads up. I wish we knew what venue that was because we're always exposing those that don't do the right thing. But for them to give 90% back. Maybe wants to tell us, Chris, if you'd like to, to give them a bit of applause. Uh, the venue that uh, that they were going to get married at that gave them the 90% back was Blauklippen. Oh, well uh, done. I don't know if I should mention the name of the wedding planner. No, but I don't think so. But because <laughs> we, we you can email me, please, to yeah, get um, the response. I think happy to say Blauklippen, well done for Absolutely. taking the high road and doing the 90%. right thing. Well done to I them. I think we should definitely support them yeah. for that. Chris, if you would like to drop us an email and let Wendy, we would have to approach the wedding planner for... for uh, perspective and comment and the right of reply uh, before alongside naming them if it came to that. So please do pop an email through to consumer at nola.co.za K-N-O-W-L-E-R and please put Cape Talk Wedding Planner in the subject line so that Wendy all the dates. can look for it. Yeah, please make sure when all the details, made, the names, the dates, uh, yeah. etc. Uh, just so it's all in one email, please, uh, to help Wendy follow up on that. And just like that, we're out of time. Wendy, another all very busy show. Thanks so much Thank for being you. with us.